good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. recently ran across a commencement speech that Oprah Winfrey made to the class of 2023 at Tennessee State University, which is her alma mater. And, you know, like if you watch any of these commencement speeches, you'll see that she, like most of the others, gave some sage advice to those who were graduating. And as I was listening to her advice, I realized that, you know, as the year ends for the countless students who are graduating from one grade to the next, or, you know, I was thinking about um, my son and all the things that he's gone through as he's matriculated at different levels from, you know, college and then from high school, then from junior high school and, you know, then elementary school. And even today they have, you know, nursery school graduations. <laughs> Didn't have those things when I was growing up. <laughs> anyway, as they were getting their diplomas and taking on the next challenges of their life, you realize it's a time that they celebrated, it's a time that they reflected. It was a time to anticipate the next chapter in their life. But it also reminded me that our life is an ongoing school as well. And we have lessons that are meant to help us grow, lessons to help us evolve from one stage to the next. So in a sense, we're all attending the school of life. And just as those students who were graduating had to learn their lessons at whatever grade level they happened to be at before they progressed to the next, I would say that we too must embrace our lessons in our lives before we can evolve to the next stage as well. And if we're blessed to be around for any length of time, there is a lesson to be learned at every experience that we have. Now, some of these experiences will be challenging. I know they have been for me. I mean, let me tell you, if, if you know, we're all going to have these challenging experiences, and if you've never had a challenge in your life, Never had any kind of difficulties whatsoever in your life. You had a little smooth moving. Everything's been all green lights. Please, levitate from your seat. <laughs> Float to the front of the room. And tell us how you did that. We're all going to have those challenges. Yet if we fail to learn from our experiences and simply walk through life, we may find ourselves repeating similar patterns over and over again. 
But if we actively learn, if we actively grow through the experiences, we can graduate to higher levels of understanding. We'll graduate to higher levels of living. You know, maybe familiar with the story of the Israelites. And they were wandering for 40 years uh, in the wilderness, as according to the Bible story. Now, 40 years is symbolic, but if you look at it literally, it's like 40 years. That's a long time. And of course, they weren't wasting their time. I think it was during that time they progressed in their awareness, they progressed in their consciousness, and they progressed in their experience in order to be ready to enter and possess the land that was before them. But they could not enter the promised land until they learned the lessons they needed to learn to be ready to take on their next assignment. So apparently, you know, because of 40 years, uh, they had a lot to learn. And they had to learn what I call the rules of the laws of life. And we're here, I think, to navigate this school of life successfully. We must know that life, in many respects, is a game. I had mentioned earlier that, you know, someone asked, you know, if they, well, what kind of book should I read if I want to know a little bit about, you know, this philosophy? And I usually recommend a couple of books. There's Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You. There's uh, uh, Emily Cady's book, uh, The Lessons in Truth. But there's one little tiny book that's very short and simple, and it's written by Florence Scovel Shin. And the name of that book is called The Game of Life and How to Play It. And she starts out the very first line in the book that says that life is a game. But like any game, you have to know the rules. And I believe that one of the rules or principles of this earth school is that if we don't learn our lessons along the way, we end up repeating those lessons until we master them. Because God, the universe, the force, the divine will send us lessons and they may be in the beginning, they may whisper us a lesson, you know, you need to learn this. It may come to the small size of a pebble. But if we ignore the pebble, then life will send us a brick. And if we ignore, ignore the brick, uh, life will send us a brick wall. If we ignore the brick wall, life will send us a demolition truck. But one way or another, it'll get our attention. And if we're unwilling to progress by choice, Stagnation will be our lot, and we will have our own wilderness experiences. And all that does is lead to our own personal pain, not necessarily physical pain, but sometimes it's existential pain, just a sort of angst in life. And I've come to realize that pain is the effort it takes to hold on to an old thought form. Pain is the effort it takes to hold on to an old way of thinking. And it's God is not doing to, to us, the universe is not doing to us, we're often doing it to ourselves. And if we're unaware of this principle, we may ask, why is this happening to me again? I ain't done nothing. Well, why? that's why it's happening. You ain't done nothing. You're doing the same thing over and over again. So we either grow through pain or we grow through insight. The choice is always ours. And, of course, we want to grow through insight. As I said, you know, early in the service that, you know, when I wake up in the morning, you know, I want the, the sun to gently come through the window. And, you know, I don't need any alarm, alarms to wake me up. I just want a gentle breeze to be coming through so I can just wake up easy. But sometimes in life, you know, we don't wake up. When that comes to us, you know, something really strong happens. 
But to change and grow through insight means that we have to change our consciousness, change our awareness, change what we're thinking and believing. Well, there are lots of principles that we can apply to, to learn through insight as we face life experiences. But I'm just going to focus on three today and for your consideration to help us make the grade, so to speak, to grow from one stage of living to the next. And I think the first one that, you know, I pick up is simply the law of reflection. Taking time to learn mostly about ourselves. You know, I mentioned, you know, from time to time, those who know my story, you know, I'd, and I went through some riotous living in the early part of my life, you know, when I was hanging out in the fast lane, you know, as a, as a, a lawyer and had too much too soon. And, you know, I ended up having to go to a, uh, a drug rehabilitation center. And, and it was for like six months. And that seemed like a long time. And I went there resisting going there, even though I was trying to tell people I don't have no problem. You know, total denial. But it ten, turned out to be one of the greatest things I ever did in my life because it required me to take time to reflect, to look at myself, to learn about me. And that was helped me move from where I was to where I could be because without awareness of who I am, I wouldn't have any ability to move to the next stage. You know, there was a young woman, we just call her Maya. She had ended a, a relationship and she was devastated by the breakup. And she felt, you know, lost. She felt confused. And she wondered and asked that question that sometimes we ask, why is this happening to me again? And she realized that when she ended up these relationships, that she would get back into another one, and it would be the same person. Now, they would have a different body. They'd have a different name. They'd look different. They'd talk different. But she knew they were the exact same person. And the challenge for her was to identify and release the patterns that she was repeating. And sometimes we all do. And it's not always easy to do that. So it means that to be changed is to take, do something different. Because, at least for me, sometimes staying the same, oh, that's comfortable. You know, I might be saying, well, I'm not totally happy with this, but um, I'm all right. I'm familiar with it. You know, I'm, you know they said, you know, better to... What they say, to, to accept the devil you know than the devil you don't know? You know, as they say, that's something to that effect. But she knew she had to do something different. If she was going to elevate her life this time, instead of rushing into something new or, or burying her emotions, she decided to take time for introspection. So she began to journal her thoughts and emotions. She began to delve into books about developing herself personally. She sought guidance from a spiritual teacher. And gradually, she gained some clarity. And she realized what she was involved in before was really a teaching tool, teaching her some lessons. And her lessons were develop more self-love, develop boundaries for herself, to have more and more personal growth. But the most important lesson that she learned that we attract who we are. And if we want to attract the very right person in our life, we must be the right person. It's an energy. She realized that to be the right person, she had to pray differently. She had to pray from the right perspective, her right identity. And we have to ask the right questions about herself and to herself. 
We were talking a little bit about that last week, about the idea of questions. So she started praying a prayer. And, and it was a prayer that I think we can use as well. And, and it's this, and I invite you to just repeat it with me. Just say these words. God, let me know. The truth about me, no matter how awesome it is. Now, we want to say how wonderful it is, how beautiful it is. Because no matter how mind-blowing it is, I want to know. And as we begin to come from that space, we have a whole different consciousness about who and what we are. You know, when she began to use this prayer, she began to break up the pattern she had been living from and started being the person she wanted to bring into her life. So I think by embracing the principle of reflection, she learned and grew from the experience. So that's the first principle. The first law of life is that she had to stop and look at herself. That would help her no longer repeat what she was doing in the past. And she became more aware because unless we're more aware of who and what we are, there is no possibility for another choice. We're always usually reacting to things that have come up in the same way we always have. And so we're not really having a choice but a reaction. But then there's a second principle, what I call the law of reframing. Because we want to find the inner side of, of everything that happens around us. Or as I like to say, behind the pictures that we see that we don't necessarily like, behind those pictures that we see, there is some unfolding good. There is an inkling of good if we look and search for it. Because if we think of challenging experiences as only problems, we'll see them as hopeless situations, hopeless situations we have to endure, that we have to tolerate. But we understand that the importance of language you know, they said life and death is found in the power of the tongue. You know, the word problem sometimes has a dark meaning. You know, it means maybe a perplexing question or a situation. Maybe there's a, what we call a problem person or a problem child. When we identify something as a problem, we immediately identify a scenario as being difficult to solve or difficult to handle. But here's the thing. I believe we can reframe that and use a better word. Instead of calling it a problem, we call it a project. We have a project. You know, what we call a problem is simply a project waiting for a spiritual idea or a divine solution to be revealed. The word project often means a positive undertaking of, of research and development. You're going to have some completion. You're going to have something positive happen at the end. But when we say, I have this problem, we often approach it as if we're going through the motion for a situation that's hopeless. So we want to reframe and look at our lives and ask, how many projects do I have? We used to call them problems, but now we call them projects. And we give them priority for our attention. We get busy applying our spiritual creativity to, to them one by one. Yeah, it's, it's work involved. It's not easy. You know, sometimes you come, people come to this work, and I have to tell, you tell them that, you know, yeah, you know, sometimes you can go to places and you can say, the devil made me do it. No, here we have to take responsibility for our life 
So there's some work involved in order to move from one grade to the next stage of life. But that's what life is about. Life is our school, meaning that there are only lessons to be learned in the everyday challenges that we meet. But we got to prepare, get our spiritual preparation going, and to meet them and to pass those challenges. I remember I was thinking back as I was thinking of the graduation time many moons ago. I graduated from high school. I had a classmate. And we were about to, I guess, uh, go through some ceremonies or rehearsals for the uh, graduation. And he said out loud, uh, you know, once I finish my education, I'm going to start living my life. And we had one of my wise teachers who had overheard him say this. And he said, you know, education is not like a headache. Something you get over with when you're young and you don't have to be bothered with anymore. She said, when you graduate, your real education is just beginning. You know, Jesus said something to the effect, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I think to paraphrase that, we could say in today's world, the lives are plentiful, the life's tests are plentiful, but the students are few. There will be people who say, what in the world is the world coming to? Why is this happening again? But the world is simply calling for people, that's you and me, to make it the grade by working for spiritual solutions to the many projects that we are facing. So we start with ourselves first and foremost. Not trying to change anybody else. We charge, change ourselves. We start with ourselves. Because by being the right people, and seeing the situation from the highest point of view, seeing it as a project looking for a solution, that's what we're about. So our education never, ever ends. You know, spiritually speaking, or the original root word of the term education comes from the Latin term educare, which means to, to draw out, to draw forth that which is already within us. So we're continuously growing, we're continuously evolving, we're continuously becoming more. So when we see the news headlines on the internet, that I advise you not to look at it unless you already prayed up. <laughs> we see things like crime and violence and homelessness and lack and limitation and conflict and polarization. We realize they are projects. They're telling us what we need to pray for. They're telling us what spiritual solution we need to be seeking to have revealed. So we turn the problems into projects. So we have the first two principles, reflection and reframing. And then there's the third principle, which I call the law of realization. And that simply means that we embody the lessons into our lives. Put it another way, you know, what we've learned must be a way of being. You know, sometimes people say, you know, I know about these principles, but they ain't living them. You know, they say, you know, I know about forgiveness, but, you know, I'm going to hold on to this resentment anyway. <laughs> they may know about it, but it's different than being it. You know, in John, the 13th chapter, 17th verse, it says, now that you know these things, You'll be blessed if you do them. Or now that you know the lesson, it's time to be the lesson. 
Again, we need to internalize and integrate the lessons we learn in life to prevent those same teachings from happening over and over again. This simply means understanding what we did to get out of harmony and who we truly are and why we got off track. That's not enough just to know about it. It simply means we must actively make changes in our daily lives. We must actively make changes in you know, our habits, actually make changes in how we see things, our mental way of being, or our behavior, or you know, the mistakes that we make. I always say that in low life, so, you know, it's kind of like an actor. You know, you know, they go and they have a scene and they're recording it, and they said, okay, mistake, time for take two. So there are no mistakes, only mistakes. And we can take it over and over and over again. And hopefully we get it right before the two-by-four and kind of waxes us against the cosmic keister, so to speak. So we don't want the information just to be informed. We want the information to be transformed. As I said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we think about it. Why? We would get different, why do we think we would get different results if we keep doing exactly the same thing over and over again? Even if the understanding is right, the actions won't magically result in different outcomes unless we're taking different actions, being different people. That's why just waiting and doing nothing by itself will seldom lead to better outcomes. There are times that we're just being, but there also times that we must do and be different. And we hear the, 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 the cliche, you know, time heals all wounds, and that helps. Time definitely helps. But only if we actively undertake action to change ourselves and we change the world around us when we begin to change ourselves because the world is a reflection of what's going on within us individually and collectively. You know, as I shared, life is the game. We want to know the rules. And I think to be successful at the game of life, we've got to know those laws, those rules, and many rules of life. And like I said, the key rule is that life is consciousness. And it's kind of, you know, like I said, it's just really a, a continuation or an expression of our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs deep down inside. And that's what we want to transform. And our goal is to grow in our consciousness. Like there are several sub-rules that help us move from one level of life to the next. I was checking out a Dr. Sherry Carter, Scott. And she's a behavioral scientist. And she had her own way of summing up the rules as it relates to making the grade. And she did it this way. She said, you know, the rule number one, that you get a body. You get us earth suit. We all got these bodies, and, you know, for good or for ill, we all got what we got. You know, I always say that, you know, don't complain about it because, you know, there's probably a whole lot of spirits out there trying to get into these bodies. So, you know, they'll take any of them, you know. I'll take it. I don't care how bad it seems to be. And then number two, she said that while we're in this body, we're always going to get lessons. And then she says there are no mistakes, or as I like to say, there are no problems. She says the only lessons, and as I like to say, the only projects that we get along the way. And as we noted, we repeat those lessons over and over again as her number four rule. Or to quote Pema Chodron, who's a nun and a Buddhist teacher. And she said, nothing ever goes away 
until it teaches what we need to know. And then finally, of course, the learning never, ever ends. But here's the deal. We don't want to have the same problems, I should say, projects to repeat. Because we want to make the grade to graduate from one stage of consciousness to the next, one project to the next. So we don't want to repeat the same projects that we used to call problems. Really what we want, we want bigger projects. We want more sophisticated projects. We want more life-expanding projects so that we're constantly growing and developing and unfolding and being lifted to greater and greater heights. And as we are lifted up, we begin to draw all other people up to that same level of awareness. And as we do our part to help uplift consciousness, uplift awareness, uplift ourselves, we can say, yeah, I learned the lesson. I grew. I made the grade. I graduated to my next assignment. I am ready. So I ask you, are you ready? I had a few faint yeses. Are you ready? Yes. Are you ready? Yes. Let's grow, develop, and unfold and take on our next assignment, whatever that may be. Peace and blessings to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh